Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Risk! Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years, sometimes single stories, sometimes whole episodes. Keep in mind that years ago, people might have worded things differently than they would today. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that Joe LaTrulio first shared on the podcast in September of 2014. Here's Joe now with a story we call A Shot in the Dark. I grew up down in South uh, Florida. I was born in New York. I moved down to Florida when I was five years old. My time in New York when I was five or under was very innocent and very fun. I was playing in the snow uh, in Ozone Park and I felt very safe there. I would go down to Florida and it's even, you know, more of a Disneyland and you know, I grew up watching movies of the 70s, many of which took place in New York, so New York in the 70s was a very very rough, risky dangerous place. The Taking of Pelham 123 was one of my favorite movies and, you know, these guys were just tough and, you know, looked like they could bite the head off a chicken and not think anything of it, you know, both the cops and the criminals. Like, the, all the criminals seemed to be like cool black guys in leather like jackets and then all the cops were like Italian-Irish or, you know, in the case of Taking of Pelham 123, Walter Matthau. Do I look like I'm kidding? This was the image I had of the rough and tough New York of the 70s. Well, that stayed with me. I go to New York uh, to go to college at NYU. You know, not that I really believe that that's the case with cops and, and criminals in New York, but that image, that idea of this dangerous place was still in my head. You know, it was a place that was filled with garbage, and in particular Times Square, with its porno theaters and its, uh, the pimps and the, and the muggers that would come out and be, hey man, you know, it was really, really sketchy. So, here I am, at like, I guess, 22, walking up 6th Avenue towards Times Square at 3 in the morning after a night of drinking. 
I was still fairly new to walking the streets of New York that late, that inebriated. I, I, I wasn't really on edge because I was so drunk. I just was in my own head thinking about whatever had happened to me, just, you know, at the bar or whatever. There's not a lot of people out on the street. There's a few stragglers, certainly no one that looks like me. I'm getting closer to Times Square, and I realize that, you know, I should maybe keep my eyes open. This could be somewhat dangerous. Be careful, Joe. Be careful, Joe. The first thing I remember was being terrified that I was shot. It hurt, it was sharp, stinging pain. And it totally took me by surprise. And I screamed. I don't even remember hearing it, I just know that I did it because I felt not just my head, but this gasp and sound of air escape me. Suddenly, it's all happening. The nightmare of being caught in Times Square, in a dangerous environment, finally was coming to fruition. And I immediately went to my head, grabbed my head to wait to feel the blood and brain that was going to be pouring out of my head. It was not either of those things. I came down with a handful of wet uh, paper, toilet paper, of wet, a wad of wet toilet paper was now in my hand. Now, now remember, this is all happening very quickly, so I think I'm shot, I'm not shot, it's toilet paper, I look up, a van is driving away. Um, that clearly, you know, whoever was in the van, or a group of ruffians that was in the van, had, you know, thrown a wet wad of toilet paper at my head and were presently laughing as they zoomed north on 6th Avenue at the terror that they instilled on this young guy. Okay, so hit, fear, toilet paper, who, van, anger, felt like I... Anger at, like, I was afraid from this. Someone's, they've got to be stopped. I've got to stop them. They, I have to report them. I just felt so powerless and vulnerable at that moment and stupid because I knew this was a possibility that I might be hurt if I'm going to be walking inebriated through Times Square. So there were this mix of all these emotions I felt someone needed to be held accountable for because I didn't do this, other than the mistake of walking to Times Square, drunk, at 3 a.m. So I realized that the first person that I had to talk to was a person of authority, i.e. a police officer that was gonna help me in my time of need. There were none around, immediately. It was the classic, where's the cop when you need one? And I was determined to find one. And so I started running, like just to corners to look down cross streets to see if I saw any cops anywhere and continued up, you know, 6th Avenue and was looking around. And finally, I saw a parked police car. And this wave of excitement kind of filled me because I, I, I said to myself, they're going to pay. They're going to go. I'm going to go up there. 
I'm going to tell the cops what happened. They're going to say, right on it, and they're going to peel out, and they're going to chase the van. So I approached the, the cop car, and they're sitting in the car, and I, and I went up, and, I, and I, I'm kind of out of breath because I've been running. So I'm out of breath. I'm sweating a little bit. The cops are just looking at me. They don't seem to be concerned at all about anything. They're just kind of just looking at me. Well, I come in a ball of energy, and I say, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, um, I was just uh, assaulted on uh, 6th Avenue. I was, I was walking down the street, and uh, this van came by, and as I'm describing to the cop what exactly happened, it dawned on me how embarrassing the punchline of this story was going to be, the conclusion of this story was going to be to these cops, these tough cops, the guys from the 70s movies. They, they're tough, and they, there's no bullshit, and they chomp cigars, and they and how they were going to react when I told them what I got hit with. But at this point, it's kind of just pouring out of me because it's cathartic at this point and I'm still angry and scared and I want revenge and so I continued with the story and I said, and I was walking up 6th Avenue and, uh, and, and suddenly this van goes by and, and I get hit with a wad of wet toilet paper. In the head. In the head. Right in the head. There's about... (laughs) There's about 10 seconds of silence. A good chunk of them just staring at me. Okay? And then finally, in like, right at a central casting, uh, you know, New York cop, the guy goes... Y'all right? <laughs> and I just trying to save face, just like yeah, no, um, no, I'm good. Like I'm, my ears red. <laughs> and it's just funny. I mean, that cop, I'll never forget the kind of deadpan look and just the staring, just the timing was like perfect. Y'all right? Just, oh, it really put me in my place. (laughs) In a way that made me self-examine what my behavior and why I was getting all hyped up and not in a way that he was at all hostile or like discounting it really. It was just, it was just kind of like a mirror, like take a look. You're going to make it? What do you think? You think you can? I think you could probably make it. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.